0: Why don't we begin? To we hope you enjoy. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello. It's it's me. It's Max, and that's Johnny. Hi guys, what's happening? This is your favorite craft beer and movie podcast called Fresh Hop Cinema. We're so glad you joined us once again for episode 124. We do uh craft beer. We it's do movies. So impressive that you just know that. Thanks. Oh, I made the notes today. Ah. So uh, <laughs> last week I was like, what episode is it's it? It's one twenty, 20 this neon green dot, poison. Dot dot yeah. for loco. Every week on the show, guys, we do we cover two craft beers. We cover one movie. This week we're covering a film called Long Shot. It came out pretty recently. And if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry. We're not gonna spoil it till the end of the episode. Johnny, where can people find us on the internet? Uh, Let's see. You've got the untapped in the letterbox for beer and movie reviews. You've got the Facebooks, the Twitters, and the Instagrams for just the regular stuff, all at Cinema and, of course, FreshHopCinema.com. Yeah, real quick shout for our poll of this month. We have a tiebreaker that needs (laughs) breaking. We have a tie that needs breaking, I guess. Breaking a tiebreaker would be like fixing it. We have a tie that needs breaking indeed we are going to cover a movie uh, either next week or the following i can't remember right now but sometime this month it's either a horror movie called brightburn that's coming out or the very same weekend a movie comes out called book smart um and we have not decided which one we're going to do so if you have opinions go to freshhopcinema.com it's right there on the home page you can vote and know that your vote matters yeah you yeah. matter also you can find us on patreons and before i tell you about that we're going to shout out our brand new patron yeah, Matea, thanks for joining. What what? Uh, but yeah, Patreon is a way to support the show. You can give us a dollar per episode and we give you bonus content, invites to cool events, and stuff other than that. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Gets a little crazy sometimes. It's good times. You get to know us a little bit more. Mm-hmm. For better or for worse. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Subscribe to Patreon at your own risk. Yeah. Um Max, have you sufficiently recovered from last week's Four Loco? No. I don't know that I think that's more of a thing like when you do it. It just takes a part of you. It just goes. left a scar on your heart. It just goes. Yeah. But you know what? All things considered, uh, last week went pretty well. I did did the episode, and then I had a rehearsal. It was fun. It was good. We made you a pot of coffee immediately after that episode. Yes. Yes. It was necessary, too. <laughs> yeah, that was good times. But, um, Do you want to talk any more about the format of the show before we dive in? Or I you think just we got it. Just... No spoilers till the end. Yeah. Uh, so stick around for that. Uh, okay. So our first beer of the episode Johnny has in our handy-dandy podcast studio Ice Chest. This was donated to our show by one, Jared Schmidt. J it's, Rod it's uh, <laughs> That's how you spell it, J Rod. Uh, it's a beer called Caged. It's from Anchorage Brewing, out of you guessed at Anchorage, Alaska. I hope to God that's right. It is from Anchorage, Alaska, right? Yeah, I would think, despite all his rage, Jared is still just a man in a cage. Sure, in Anchorage. It's a double IPA, it's 8.4%. Dude, that'd be so stupid if it wasn't in Anchorage. I know, but I, I, I know that I've it seen is. it. Okay, good. Because I was like, man, that'd be a funny little, not funny, but it'd be like, that'd be a prank. And like, again, not a great <laughs> like one. Naming but. your cat tomato. Exactly. Um, Ooh, that got chilly. Oh, the bearded. Remember that time we Don't froze a beard? Bring that up. <laughs> we were like, why is there <laughs> that was a good time chunks in this beard? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, okay. So initially, what are you seeing? This is clearly a hazy IPA. Yeah. Did you give the specifications? No, I, I just said it was 8.4%. I didn't see anything else online. Also their website, uh, is running on like an old, um, like text based website host. So like it wouldn't even open on my browser. Okay. It was like you're ba- you're running a you're running a too new version of the internet. Basically, you need to download like, Windows ninety eight to yeah, open like, this website. Yeah, like this is this Linux so this GoDaddy account has been suspended. Like, <laughs> GoDaddy. GoDaddy since uh, I don't know I'm trying to make a stupid joke, but that is have you heard of GoDaddy? It's like a <laughs> yeah I remember yeah it sponsored like NASCAR cars for a while. It was all over the place. Yeah, selling were, domain names. They were big before the company started making you able to make your own websites (laughs) yeah and now it's like i don't know who uses it but somebody does i don't know i think you can still buy domain names too you have to buy domain names we yeah 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 but that's not through them usually yeah i don't know man i don't know either in any case let's try and buy somebody's domain name and see how hard it is i want to hear uh your initial thoughts smelling tasting uh and just overall opinions go daddy (laughs) 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 so gross well yeah let's let's refrain from that yeah uh i'll give you a long shot uh this beer is super hazy. Like it's not see-through at all. So it's either very unfiltered or, you know, hazy That's the option. through other means. Right. Um it smells not much because it's really cold. Yeah. You it get is a really little cold. bit of floralness. I will say just after one sip, it's very refreshing. I'm I'm looking at the canning date here and it's, it's printed just on like the bottom lip of the can, so it's kinda hard to read. But I think it says March twenty first, two thousand nineteen. Okay. Uh ouch couple months so, old two months old yeah not bad. we should be fine it is refreshing and i think a lot of that is noted uh in the temperature yeah for sure it's nice and chilly who does yeah it's a great temp who doesn't love an ice cold beer uh, me not me not, i love that not me I, I do love it in fact you're gonna have a hard time going back to your uh your sipper beer there my friend no i'm not oh really because i feel like that's warmed up at this point probably that's what the koozie's for bro yeah some handy right. dandy trusty red fang koozie. Yeah. We need it. We still have. Do you still have koozies of ours if people want them? Because I've got a box full of them. I don't. Okay. Everybody, last plug. We have some koozies. It's summertime. You're gonna want to go on the river. You're, you're gonna feeling do, hot, hot, hot. You're gonna wanna go on hikes. We don't know what you want to do, but if you want a fresh hop cinema certified koozie, let us know. We'll get you one. Uh do we charge for them or not? I can't remember. Yeah, they're like three bucks. All right. I Venmo think. is three bucks. Yeah. Or PayPal is or or just s- buy us a beer when you see us out. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's fine. Depending on what bar we're at, that could get you two koozies. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, this beer's good. Yeah, it is. Anchorage. Anchorage. Caged. I like their artwork. That really uh, elevates this beer for me somewhat. It is, what is that? Bunnies trapped in a rib cage? Yeah, I guess that's what that is. With a bunch of flowers. Like, that's pretty cool. Anchorage has some really dope artwork. You should pull up some of their other stuff. I will. I'm going to try to, I was trying to think of a way to like describe this to. Just everyday people. And I think the closest thing I could come up with is like a black and white, less sort of bedazzled, uh, texture of like an Ed Hardy sort of, uh, jacket. You know what I mean? Um, not really. You know what Ed Hardy is? Yeah, of course. I don't know if people know that. Yeah. I barely no, know this. That uh, if you're familiar with like the woodcut style of art or drawing, it's very black and white, but also single line, a lot of very sh- like sharp outlines, single line drawings, um, very sketch like. Yeah, a lot of a lot of cross hatching. Yeah, a lot of cross hatching. That called? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, that's like a that's definitely a woodcut style drawing. It's really cool. Yeah, there's like an angry wolf. There's a raven. Yeah, that's a yeah. really dope. Their labels are amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very nice and very appealing. And so, the beer's not bad either. It's really not. I I mean, obviously, it's colder than we usually get sure. beers. A lot of times they sit out for. Maybe a hair too long. Yeah, we've got half this pint can left, and I'm sure over the course of our early discussion here, it'll warm up to a little bit more of a drinkable temperature. But I want to say off the bat, it's very, very tasty. It's smooth. It's a little bitter up front. It's nice and earthy. I'm getting a ton of of maybe Amarillo hops, something in there that's giving me some nice earthy notes. I really like it. It finishes dry, not juicy, which is nice. A little bit of bitterness uh, on the back of your tongue on the finish. Overall, a really clean double IPA. Not too juicy or sweet. Yeah, I think I agree with most of that. There's a bunch of earthiness. Um, I was going to attribute that more to like a malty kind of quality, like a heaviness in the mouthfeel overall. But um, I do get a bit of uh, sweetness too towards the end. Um, Not in a bad way. A little bit. I said that so Midwestern. Not in a bad bad way. (laughs) Not in a bad way. Uh, Not in a bad way, but uh, very noticeable to me. But I still think it's pretty good. I worry that when this does get a little bit warmer, that some of that sweetness is going to come out. And we'll maybe finish a little bit. Um, well, maybe let's just not room. be lightweights and just drink it while it's cold. Well, yeah, but I kind of want to give it, you know, what it's due in terms of actually rating it at a drink drinking temperature. I think this is the drinking temperature. You think so? Yeah. All right. I, w- I like drinking IPAs and double IPAs at like 38 to 42 degrees. Maybe that's our next that's investment here. That's super nerdy, isn't it? We that should, I actually no. know. Well, that. Yeah, but that's what, you know that's what we're doing. Well, I have my fridges set to like my my cellar fridge is set to thirty eight, mm-hmm. and like my drinking beer fridge is like thirty five. Stouts are recommended at like fifty five. Well, for cellaring. You oh okay sit, right, but right, like okay. just we just throw them in a fridge you know like yeah. you turn the fridge all the way down and it'll sit at like 45 By down you mean um the, like the uh, warmest 1 being the lowest cooling setting okay. 6 being all the way up in coolness so you, you turn, it, turn down it down to 1 It's very cold No sorry down it's, 1 is the lowest 1 of, is the highest temperature Highest temperature okay. lowest level of cooling. Okay sure that makes sense So yeah you turn it down to 1 or 2 and like a A normal beer fridge or full-size fridge will keep your beers like 45-ish, somewhere in there. Uh, I just got a beer fridge from Austin. Shout out, Austin Scott. I was going to say, I think once you say it, like once you say their name, I don't think you have to say shout out anymore. Like I feel like saying their name is the shout out. Well. We have hundreds of new listeners every week. Well, that's a good point, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Fair and enough. we also have two Austins. But I, okay. So that's the, that's the one get her work around, I think. But if you like, get her work around, get <laughs> her uh, work around. Like if you're, if you're going to go to the show, be like, yeah, I got this new fridge. Uh, not that you said his last name. Did you? Austin Scott. Yeah. If you were like, yeah, I got this fridge from Austin, Austin Scott. Like that is the shout out. I don't think you have to be like shout out. Well, shout out him giving me a beer fridge. Yeah. Like that's, that's what, you, that's basically what you just said. Okay. We've talked too long about the shout out. You're right. This fridge he gave me, I plugged it in, and I learned this lesson a long time ago. When you plug in a new fridge, you don't fill it with beer until it it sits for a couple days and you check the temperature. It's very, very important. Mm -hmm. I almost lost the equivalent of a used car's worth of beer. You said this on the show last week. Did I? Yeah. I remember you using that exact same phrase. I thought, did I? Yeah. I don't remember talking about that with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, No way. Maybe it was the week before, but whenever you got that fridge, you mentioned... Or you might have said, I need to check it before I move the equivalent of a used car yeah. to the beer. So I did that. I checked it. Right. This is maybe a follow-up to sure. something I don't remember saying. Story of my life. Alcohol, folks. It's a hell of a drug. Yeah. So I plugged this fridge in, put a cup of water in it, go out to check it the next day. Just ice block? Ice. Yeah. Frozen solid. <laughs> I'm like, the fridge was running at 30 degrees. Man. The refrigerator. You ever think that like maybe because it was empty? That um, it cooled that one glass of water down way quicker. Like if it had been full of beer, uh, maybe less efficient? No, I don't think so. I don't, really I don't think how that that's works. how refrigerators work. Yeah. They keep the air at a temperature, I think. I don't know why having mass in the refrigerator would affect that. I'm not a scientist or a stenographer. Is that
1: is no the guy that
0: makes maps? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's the court guy that just. Oh, okay. Sure. No. Oh, cartographer. Cartographer. Yeah. I'm not a cartographer either. Yeah, we're, so we're, We are not most things. Yeah. Almost no. all the things. So I just know that it's good to check the temp, and I did that, and I adjusted it greatly. So I turned it way the heck down. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, so I, all that to say yeah. that I think the spear is right now the perfect drinking temperature for this style. Well, I do say good, sir. I hope so, because I finished mine as you're doing to yours, and I think it's only fair that we uh, give it a rating at this point. Yeah. You know, it's a bit... On the juicy side, on the finish, now that you said that, it yeah, but it's is it, it, like... is it, is it off putting for you? No, because there's I've had way more aggressive juiciness, which I find off putting, yeah. But this, in fact, is well balanced with the dryness and the bitterness and the earthiness. I like this beer a lot. I would gravitate towards this, and if it was on draft, I would for sure order it. Um, this beer, I want to give it it's okay, like it's like an eight six. Oh, that so, high. Yeah. Well, for the like hazy double IPAs, yeah, there's not many that true. I like. I Dude, actually up until this point, I'd forgotten that I said it was 8.4%. Yeah. Because it doesn't drink that way. No. That's uh, yeah, that's another nice. plus for me with yeah. this beer. Agreed. Did you pull up some of their artwork? Uh, I did not, but All I can right. do that. I want to just give you my initial thoughts or not my, maybe my final thoughts. Um, Your I, initial final I, thoughts. My initial final thoughts. I was going to say or ask you, have you ever seen Anchorage the, on tap around town? No. They don't really get I out, think right? this is a trade thing. Oh, okay, cool cuz I, I I know I've had one of their beers before. Or it might have been Tavor. Oh, sure. I see their beer on Tavor. Or you know what I'm thinking of? There's another Alaska brewery that's relatively popular. I think it's, it's called, called Alaskan Alaskan brewery. Alaskan yeah. Aleworks. They make a oh, is it? really good amber. Okay, so maybe yeah, that's what I've had. They're maybe. around, then they're widely distroed. You can get them pretty much any bottle shop. Around. Yeah. Okay, so uh, they're not amazing, right? No, they're really fine. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I was that's what I was expecting with this. I was like uh, very happily surprised because it was better than I was expecting by quite a bit. Yeah. Word up! Thanks, Jared, for not yeah. giving us an Anchorage or an Alaskan ale. Right. Sure. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a 7.5. I think some of that sweetness does kind of gets me a little bit. It's a little bit heavier um, than what I'm. F- feeling in the mood for right now, which I know is kind of a dumb caveat, but... I got some high life. Oh, and that's going to be the opposite end of the spectrum. Just anyways, <laughs> but 7.5 for me, I think, um, is probably good. You said 8.6. Point, eight point 8.6 for me, 7.5 from Young Maxwell for Anchorage Brewing's Caged, courtesy of patron and friend of the show, Jared Schmidt. While I'm looking up some of their artwork to feast my eyes on, will you tell me, please, about your flick pick this week? Yeah, man! Dude, I started this journey... A while ago, and I'm actually taking it seriously now. So you Love guys, it. you guys prepare yourselves. I'm actually taking <laughs> this seriously. It's very strange. I know. You're not used to this at all. Don't worry. It's not going to be boring like a school class or anything. No, no. This is a fun... No, we're fun I, teachers. When I take things seriously, there's just more alcohol involved when I'm doing things seriously. Yeah. So yeah, I had a few beers and consumed the film Midnight Cowboy. Right. Yeah, which was a 1969 Academy Award winner for Best Drama which uh, made me gravitate towards this movie, also the cast. It stars a very, very young John Voight, almost unrecognizable as a sort of dime store, Roy Rogers-type cowboy. Uh, His fashion choices may be based on the box of a Red Ryder BB gun. Lots of fringe. Yeah, lots of fringe. Lots of fringe. So much fringe, and an amazing performance by an also very young Dustin Hoffman, nearly unrecognizable and uh, very dirty. Yeah, I feel like that's a good the key to a good uh, cowboy movie is like a lot of just like dirt. See, it everywhere. wasn't a, it wasn't a cowboy movie. This is not a western. Okay, so all I have to go off of right now is just the header image on our letterbox here and I guess the film cover too which now that you say that is not particularly western it actually looks like a city. Yeah. Um so I guess if could you could you if you felt so inclined uh, sur, uh surmise this for our listeners just yeah. briefly. Let me pull up my letterbox. Do you want me to read my review? Yeah, but I want to just know what the movie's about briefly first. Okay, so general overview. Uh, the movie starts with a very young John Voight quitting his job at a diner dishwashing and getting on a bus to New York City to go to the city mm-hmm. and just live there. And and we don't really know what. Okay, But just to be there. And the whole movie is in a nutshell, which it, it is way bigger than a nutshell. Deserves. Yeah. I know I'm asking a little yeah, bit too much, but, here, but the you. the TLDR is, it's about a man finding his way in a very, very hostile city. And he is very from Texas. The man being John Voight. Yes. What? So John okay. Voight's character is finding his way in a city that is very rough and tumble, very expensive and very hard to get by. in if you don't know anyone and uh, you see a very interesting character arc from him, um, Yeah, it's really kind of just a slice of life type film, but very 1969, very psychedelic, very strange, very artsy. It really still holds up, too. I was very impressed with how relevant it felt. All right. Can I ask what role and importance Dustin Hoffman plays? Um, See, to say that would be spoilery. Okay. Um, I will say he plays the role of pimp con man hustler friend roommate okay like uh, he's so many things okay. he his role is so dynamic in this film uh, because they have a love hate relationship from their first encounter to to the their last encounter it's it's a very very strange roller coaster of a film okay well let me hear your uh, your letterboxd review do you want to read it sure i like it when you yeah definitely man uh, Where's my list? Oh, my list is up to three now. On I know, letterboxd. that's so great. Too. That's like two weeks in a row So you've updated. I might, if I'm not mistaken, uh, be able to pull it up. Oh, I'm not even logged in. but Maybe I can be really quick on the desktop here. Uh, normally, I just have my so, phone ready. but uh, uh, It's all good. Uh, if you can't do that, that's fine. I can pull it up. But yeah, check out my letterboxd. Uh I think I'm just at Johnny Summers on there. I don't know. You, you can, got Fresh Hop Cinema attached to your name yeah. as well, which is an important part. Yeah, search me. You can find me. Johnny says, a hustler from Texas Whoa, and a big city con right man. just jump right in there, dude. What an unlikely friendship. Start that over. Okay. A hustler from Texas and a big city con man. What an unlikely friendship. It's a heavy dose of period cheese, yet still, I don't know why that, you <laughs> can turn a phrase, uh, really bothered me just now. Um, yet still a truly gritty and grimy look at what it takes to survive on the meanest of streets, with a heavy dose of 60s pop culture and psychedelia. Is that really a word? Yes. I love it. This movie watches as a time capsule that is still impossibly relevant. I think it's because it captures so accurately a small something about humanity. It watches almost as if they were filming psychic 60s vintage, even when it was still the 60s. It's about a decade, sex, prostitution, Florida, cigarettes, condemned buildings, and at its core, two men who share the wonkiest bond I've seen on film maybe ever. I'm truly glad I watched it. That was a four and a half star rating from Johnny Summers on Letterboxd that I stumbled through uh, trying to read it. That's fine. It was a really damn good movie. Okay. It was weird. It was so weird. Yeah, okay. This is one of those movies because... um, I'm sorry. This is one of those movies... I just jumbled two thoughts together. This is one of those movies that uh, you have heard a million different things about and a million different opinions on what it's about. And on their actual... Description of the movie, the first line in all caps is whatever you've heard about Midnight Cowboy is true. And I love that because sure. this movie is kind of like a piece of abstract art, like mm-hmm. that. Where yeah. Like if how you interpret it is what it's about, because and, and perfectly valid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I thought it was really, really endearing. I really uh, had a lot of empathy towards both characters. It was hard to get my head around John Voigt's character of this dime store cowboy mm-hmm. <laughs> like um it was a very strange role uh, and a very strange character but i think that's why it won an academy award because uh, him being voight and hoffman both portrayed such unique and weird and nuanced characters like that's why it won best drama academy award 1969 right. like it makes sense i totally get it um and like I said, it was like they were filming 1960s psychic nostalgia in the 60s, right. meaning like if you watch like a music video today and they had like it was all set in the 60s and it was trying to look retro and vintage. That's how this movie looked. That's how this movie looked. And it was done in the time. Yeah. It was a, filmed a, in 68. Very hard thing to do. I can't remember who I heard talking about this, but they were saying that like when you think of like um, like uh, 90s movies, for example, sure, you don't really think about. Like 91, 92, 93, because the 90s hasn't, like the 90s feel hasn't set in at that point. Yeah, you think like 96, 97, yeah, 98. Or, or like 95, even to like past the 2000s, like mm-hmm. into like 2001, 2002, like that's kind of the 90s vibe. And I think that's a really interesting point about here. Like you don't, you said it's 69, right? Yeah. It's so like right in the heat of that, when the culture was being sort of established, they captured it. Yeah. Which is such a strange thing and like really, really interesting yeah. to me at least. Definitely. Um, You mentioned Slice of Life. Yeah, um, which I know in the past we've done some films that have been described that way, and I'm wondering if like, well, clearly I don't wonder anymore. You told me, but it, usually it seems like that's not always your favorite type of storytelling, because um, I feel like oftentimes it can be very sort of drab and not engaging. Yeah, I think when I say that I mean it in the most broad sense of the word that mm-hmm. like we're just looking at uh, the main character John Voight's the p- period of his life from. Getting on a bus and leaving Texas to the, okay. t- the for the time he spent in, gotcha. you know what I mean. So I guess slice of life may not be the most sure. accurate, but it's just it came to mind and it made sense at the time. Well, fair which enough. Is why I say anything? Thank you for clarifying. So, that is my flick pick. That is, yeah, Night Cowboy, and you have to watch it. Where could I watch it if I wanted to? I streamed it on Amazon Prime. It's free with a subscription. Sweet, which is nice. Uh, also, probably. At all the best video. I'm sure in their AFI top one hundred yeah, right. films section. So three down, ninety-seven to go, my friend. Exactly. On that list. Well, there's a lot less than that though. I'm gonna do flick pics on all of them that I've already seen. Oh, okay. Tight. But like I've seen a bunch of them. I'm only going through and watching the ones that I haven't seen um recently. Like I don't yeah. have a critical opinion of I think you said the last two years. But, or you there, said five but there's years. ones on there like Forrest Gump sure. and like Toy Story. That like we've all seen. Well, I've seen. I've seen. I've seen times, yeah. And... Like I'll cover those eventually, but after I've watched all the ones that I need to watch, I'll start going through the ones and rewatching those, right. like like Platoon or Apocalypse Now, sure. like those ones. Like I'll I'll go back to those. But right. for now, it's it's all about the ones that have fallen through the cracks. Love it. And this movie should not fall through the cracks. Like as someone who watches movies critically, now more than ever, really really impressed with that. So that's one more uh, reminder. Follow Johnny on Letterboxd. He's at Johnny Summers Fresh Hop Cinema. Um, And keep up. He's got a list of those movies, so subscribe. Uh, Make a Letterboxd account. We want to hear your reviews also. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, Jared Schmidt got on there and he's been uh, going through nice and doing every movie that he owns. I've talked to Jared on there a couple of times. He's been on there for a minute. Yeah. He's a fun follow. So yeah. it, it's fun. It's a good way to get involved in the conversation about movies. And it yeah. honestly, it makes you feel way more important than you are. Yeah. I think, well, I think Letterboxd is similar to Twitter in, in that it can be sort of this open void where nobody interacts with anybody. Yeah. Or it can be this very specific niche of like, Oh yeah, you've got like this core group of people that like are really passionate about whatever they're on there for yeah and in this case movies obviously and, and people that are passionate about movies are very passionate about them and i feel like if you're listening to this podcast it's relevant you yeah i, I mean? would think so yeah Either, and if not maybe you're here for the beer go to untapped same idea or if you're just here because you're on the fence about movies sure. and where how you get your fix what up looking at you nick land oh sure yeah uh you want to, jump to a break let's take a break we'll be right back with other stuff Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, and even dogs if you keep them on the patio, do I have news for you. The Handlebar, located in Chico, California, right next to Best Buy, behind Winco, or in front of it, depending on where you're standing, now has full liquor, and they still have a great happy hour. Yep, that happy hour is seven days a week, everybody, from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all their draft beers, you get half off bottles of wine, dollar off cocktails... They got a huge, awesome selection of drafty, crafty beers, which is what I'm most into. They got all sorts of stuff. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out. Charlotte, I would like to endorse you to be the next president of the United States. Oh, my God. You've been a great secretary. Of state. Which state again? All of them. Secretary of State looking at us? I kind of know her. It's like kind of knowing a mermaid. Do you tell people that? She probably doesn't remember who I am. Secretary of Field would like to speak with you. With me? I can't shake this feeling that we know each other. We do. We do? Picture me, I guess, maybe like 20 years younger, but like this. Florsky Yeah. What are you doing these days? I'm a journalist. You're a great writer. But sometimes you're a little too much. I don't think I am too much. I actually think I am the perfect right portion. It's really nice to see you again. Oh, okay it down! I'm okay! Did police men just call me a cracker? What is the relationship exactly? I used to babysit for him. You babysat for him? Wow, time has not been kind. I need some writers to punch up my speeches. Fred's writing is really good. And he knows me. Oh, I feel so scared. In order to write better for you, I should kind of get to know you better if you have a minute. I actually have seven. Seven Hi. minutes in heaven. <laughs> What is your favorite the book as a kid? The Velveteen Rabbit. Favorite song? Must have been Love by Roxette. Most embarrassing moment. I don't embarrass that easily. I don't either, really. What's your favorite sexual position? Normal? Front facing <laughs> oh normal? God. What kind of question That's is that? That's all it took. Look at you. What's your favorite sexual position? Don't be gross, Brad. Do you like date? I mean, who wants to follow me around the world and hope I have five minutes to be affectionate? Yeah. We did almost just die. We actually did almost die. We need to move you. Thank you, Agent M. It's a pretty woman, but she's Richard Gere and you're Julia Roberts. Honestly, this has been the best few weeks of my entire life. We asked a thousand constituents how they would feel if Kate Middleton... I see where you're going with this. ...were to start dating Danny DeVito. Pretty negative reaction. Last time you got high was at a Sting Doctor's concert. We had a situation. I'm in so much trouble. What's happened? Are they out of water? (laughs) Wow, he's so bendy, huh? Oh, ouch. That was a trailer for Long Shot. It's a film directed by Jonathan Levine, written by Dan Sterling and Liz Hanna. It stars primarily Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen, though there is an entire huge cast of people that are wonderful in this movie. Uh, It's a romantic comedy that is rated R. uh, Very. Yeah, very. uh, Which we'll get into because I think it was actually one of the strong suits of this movie. Uh, was the adult humor. Yeah, well, I think. well I'll get into it in a second. Yeah, yeah that the, makes me happy. This came out May third. It runs just over two hours long, which is also unusual for the genre. I feel like they're usually a tight ninety. Yeah, or less, or less. Uh, as of May eighth, it's made twelve point eight million dollars. And I'm just going to read the brief uh, brief summary here from. I want to say this was IMDb. When Fred Flarsky, re- <laughs> I, haven't <said> <laughs> I haven't said his name out loud <laughs> since I saw. It. When Fred Flarsky reunites with his first crush, one of the most influential women in the world, Charlotte Field, he charms her. As she prepares to make a run for the presidency, Charlotte hires Fred as her speechwriter and Sparks Fly. That's very reductive of the movie. That's a sh- nice nice <laughs> catch. Uh, what? It's fine. No, yeah. that's a terrible, terrible synopsis. Yeah. Do you want to take a run at it? Yeah. All right, go for it. Fred Flarsky, childhood friend of the now Secretary of State, runs into Charlize Theron at a party, uh, which is being entertained by boys to men. She then uh, reunites with him. He is somewhat charming, but he definitely does not charm her at that no. party. No, I don't think so. Uh, but she is impressed and somewhat in the in, in the in the market for a new. She's yeah, to yeah. run for president. Yeah, she, she, she decides writer. she's going to get. In, she finds out she's going to get endorsed by the incumbent. Well, is he incumbent? If he's no, I guess not he's not running. running. He's a lame duck. At the that current point. president. The current president, but also like played her, by Bob Odenkirk. Yes, Right. Uh, her her humor marks are down. There's like a lot of sort of. Like modern polling. Data. Yeah. It's all so about- they have, she, they pop up the screen. It's like an RPG and she's got low H low hit points on humor. Yeah. Basically. So they need to get someone to punch up her speeches. She thinks Seth Rogen's character. Right. Fred Flarsky. Once she sees him at the party. Yeah. She used to babysit for him. Yep. Okay. Yep. They uh, reconnect because yeah. he's a journalist and she reads some of his stuff. He's hilarious. Right. And, and a little bit edgy and like, that's important. I feel like he's like an edgy writer. Yeah. He's also very funny. And what ensues is a um, an, an international tour to promote a green initiative that she has that she's kind of going to set her presidential platform on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's romance. There's twists and turns. There's bumps. But all of the ones that you come to expect in a standard rom-com, I think, is a fair way to put it. Absolutely. Um, do you feel like telling me your initial thoughts? Initial thoughts, I liked it. Okay. That was my very initial thought. Maybe was- somewhere between initial thoughts and, like, developed thoughts. Do you want me to read my letterbox thing? Do you want to? I can. If you, if you feel like that's the best way to get your point across for how you felt, it's yes. a good narrative. Okay. Plus, it's fun to read. Sure. It was well worded. I said that earlier. Thank you. Oh, it's been many moons since a romantic comedy has graced the hallowed mics of Fresh Hop Cinema. I was thinking it was probably for uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Just want to throw that out there. I didn't see that. Oh. We did that Remember? on the show. You I, didn't see it? I didn't see it. Oh, okay. Yep, I forelocoed that episode. Nice. No, I didn't, because that was in our hiatus. Oh, okay. Thank you for interrupting my review. Just wanted to throw it out there. <laughs> I think this flick is an excellent visit to the genre. Uh, I found that the dialogue between Theron and Rogan uh, felt very genuine and well-written. I really liked the writing in this movie. The film is somewhat formulaic, uh, but at the same time, it feels new. It's full of tropes that could, be, uh, that could seem done. Uh, but in fact, they feel kind of fresh, maybe because this movie is made with a modern point of view. Uh, it's sugary sweet and has the lingering odor of pot smoke, thanks to Seth Rogen. Sure. Uh, it is a rom-com for a millennial generation that is opinionated, political, woke, open-minded, and hopefully doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, Long Shot blends some heavy issues into its cocktail of very adult humor, romance, morals, Republicans, and very treacherous webcam exploits. Fair I, enough. I really liked it. <clears throat> yeah. That's my thoughts in a nutshell. Plus, I feel like if you're gonna take the time to write a little bit of an exposition, it deserves to get shared. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Cause like two people follow me on Letterboxd. Sure. So <laughs> at least two people are gonna hear this podcast. Yeah, right. Um, so just following up, I wanted to say or more extrapolate on what I said at the beginning, the R rating here. I think I think that a lot of rom coms are only good and really effective for a certain age group of viewers. And, and oftentimes that's because they're like a teen rom com and, and they're rated PG 13. And I think one of the strengths of this movie is the adult themes that it tackles, yeah, um, or at least the, the the jokey ways that it handles a lot of those situations. Yeah, um, I, I this is a funny, funny movie, dude. It was, I really was laughing funny. a lot. There were five people in my theater where I was the youngest, we were all dudes, and most of them were like 50 plus. I nice. don't understand. Why that was the demographic, but it was. I had a lot of older people in my theater as well. There was about seven people sharing the theater with me. Mm-hmm. A couple of dudes came in alone, which yeah. I respected. Sure. Uh, several older couples and several, like uh, one pairing of two women, probably in their sixties. Nice. Yeah. And what, then, what time did you see this though? Four thirty on on like a Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. So weekday four thirty showing, and then there was a a couple of girls that were probably college age. Mm-hmm. So. A really nice, diverse age range. Yeah. And they all laughed. Dude, listening to the old people laugh in this movie Mm -hmm. was the best thing ever. The old people in the movie or in the theater? Yeah, in your theater. No, in the theater. Yeah, okay. The old people surrounding me physically. Yes, right. Naked. Sure. What? This is a bad dream. Yeah. Or a good (laughs) Uh, dream. In a bath? Yeah. No, it was a great dream. What are you talking about? Um, All that to say, no, I I do think a lot of the humor in this comes from this movie's willingness to kind of branch out into that territory that a lot of rom-coms don't. Yeah. I was initially worried a little bit going in on how um, how much chemistry Charlie's Theron and Seth Rogen would have. I mean, right? They come from really different acting backgrounds, obviously, Seth Rogen. And look like, at them, like, personality-wise, well, uh, even. Yeah, yeah, I guess I just meant, like, his sort of background in stonery comedies. And while she has dabbled in comedy, um, I think mostly it's oh, been mean, serious. Oh, you mean monster. From, I do mean monster, the yes. The comedy. And Tully, yep. which actually was funny at points. Yeah. Um, but I do think they played off each other really well. Um, I think that um, – It felt organic, didn't it? It felt organic. And and like, I think that they adopted each other's kind of like when Seth Rogen went into more of the dramatic sort of uh, notes, it it worked well. Yep. Uh, And then vice versa with her. Like when she (laughs) did crack jokes, it was, it was very nice. There's one scene, we'll get into it in the danger zone where they're coming off a night of partying and Mm -hmm. she has to deal with a very serious situation Mm -hmm. uh, in an impromptu manner uh, that I think is what you were talking about. Like, Encapsulated of her just absorbing his kind of overall vibe and employing it in her own personal life. Like, I loved that scene, right? So much. So, I actually, yes, I agree, that's not what I was talking about. Oh, but that is definitely the most sort of Seth Rogeny she got in this movie. Yeah, but that whole sequence is actually my least favorite part of it. Oh, okay, Um, only because I feel like I'd seen it a million times. Like, I've seen um, I don't think like, this is too spoilery. Like I've seen Seth Rogen on, is that his name? I'm saying that so many times, like, am I saying Joe Rogan? Like, no, that's this his name. Right? Yeah. Uh, so many times like high in a club, like doing high shenanigans mm. um, that I felt like that was the least inspired portion of the movie. That no, said, that was the most Seth Rogeny stuff, Yeah, but yeah. I meant like the after part. No. And I agree to yeah. like, it was funny to see her do that, but um, I kind of knew where that scene was going the whole time. So it didn't really surprise me. Um, where was I going to go? Um, Oh, I wanted to point out, like, O'Shea Jackson Jr. in this movie. Mm. So funny. Yep. Uh, Plays Seth Rogen's kind of best friend and very successful entrepreneur kind of business fella. Mm -hmm. Um, And just wanted, oh, Alexander Skarsgård. My goodness. Yeah, he played the prime minister of Canada. So funny. Like, so funny. I think there's like a little nod to like kind of being like Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Um, but not so much that it's offensive, but he's also like this like awkward sort of um, cookie cutter version of what a politician is to the public. Like yeah. just, just buy the book line for line. But there's this really funny dinner scene between Charlie's <laughs> there <laughs> Had me bust. And oh up. yeah. When he's eating the oysters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, also notable shout outs. Uh, Lisa Kudrow's in this. Andy Circus in a ton of makeup. Yeah, Um, which I didn't know he was in it. I wrote my my I did my write up on this movie this afternoon. Mm -hmm. That's when I found out that Andy Circus was in this because I went to the IMDb IMDb page to look up how to spell Seth Rogen's last name because I knew it was different than Mm. Joe Rogan. How's Joe Rogan do it? R O G A N. How does Seth Rogen do it? E N. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's why it's confusing. I've been looking at Rogan all day. Yeah. So anyways, and then I was like, Andy, sir, what? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's cool. Did you happen to listen to pop culture happy hour on this? No, I purposely avoided it until after recording because uh, I want to be Glenn Weldon fair enough <laughs> um well they pointed out at one point that like the the makeup the prosthetics for Andy Circus was not even in the script <laughs> Oh really? He was it's like 6 hours of prosthetics that I guess oh my God. and like he was just like this is what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love so him for that. I have no idea what his sort of what's the guy that runs Breitbart's news name? Oh, um Steve Bannon. Okay. Um uh, if you follow the news at all he was on like Trump's kind of panel for a while but he runs a sort of right-wing news website and i think that's what andy circus's character was uh i can't of his name but wembley yep. blomblog yeah um but i don't know what that character was supposed to be before like was it just going to be andy circus and he was like no i mustn't i have to do all this he's <laughs> yeah. like i need to republican this all right up. like i don't know what that but it was funny like the guy was effectively annoying um and relatable in the real world so you know. and also kudos to him because i think if it was just andy circus in a suit it would have been less believable weird how that works i think it, Continue. Like the character would have been less believable. Like you you mean in a, like a, like a business suit, like just like a suit? Well, no, I mean, yeah. Or like a, like a prosthetic suit. I, would, I don't understand. I'm not sure if you're saying like, like a three piece suit or like if he was in like a no, costume. No, no. no I'm, I'm talking just about Andy Serkis as his normal appearance right. without the prosthetics sure. versus with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's way more believable that character with the prosthetics. That's so interesting. I think because Andy Serkis has a very noticeable face at this point and the way that he speaks and like his general mannerisms, I think are very noticeable. So I would think, well, for me at least, like that would have taken me out of it. Whereas here, like this person is um, like very cartoony looking almost. Yeah. Um, And it didn't pull me out in the same way that just seeing Andy Serkis would have, but it still was kind of strange to me. It was strange, but it was kind of a, I agree, it looked like a cartoon, but it was like the cartoon amalgamation of what a right wing business tycoon you know like that is majorly financially backing and having some serious play in politics would kind of just what in your head you think of what that would vomit out and look like totally just for your own reference this is what steve bannon looks like oh yeah um and i feel like looking at him now like especially with the hair yeah like like the long hair uh, uh yeah yeah go back down like like that yeah yeah like, just the long, way too long hair. If you've never seen Steve Bannon or this movie, he's just, like, an old, kind of wrinkly, washed-out white dude with, like, long gray dude, hair. Dude, look how red his nose is. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yep. That dude drinks more than both of us put together. I think that's true. It's because he's drowning all of the lies. Yeah. Uh, um. Anyways, Uh. any last shout-outs? Oh, uh, June Diane Raphael, who played... Um, Charlie Stern's, uh, I guess, kind of number two. Yeah, she was a big part of this movie, actually. Yeah, she's great. Um, the thing that I think of her in is uh, Grace and Frankie. Mm. She's been in a lot of stuff. Um, she sort of plays like this very assertive, like, don't, you shouldn't date Seth Rogen. Is that Grace and Frankie Forever? Uh, no, no. No. I'm thinking of the one with um, Dude from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And Andy. Oh no, it's Andy Serkis again? Andy Samberg. Samberg. and And um, Rashida Jones. Oh. I haven't was seen that. It? It? It, it was called uh, something and something forever. I don't know. It's a really interesting movie. Anyways, yeah. Uh, her and then uh, Ravi Patel plays the, uh, the the other guy that also yeah. does her appointments. You know how like politicians always yeah. have like have an entourage. An entourage. <laughs> There's you know two people that just follow them around with iPads and like get them lattes and stuff. Pretty much, and be like, you have to go here now. Here, yeah. you have two minutes. Yeah. He really fast. Yeah. So overall, we like this movie. I uh, thought this movie was hilarious. I think it was charming. I think again, the chemistry between these two was refreshing and unexpected. So double refreshing for sure. Um, and I think that some of the real world applications of of things like sort of the administration, presidentially that we have now, um, the way that women are treated in the workplace. I think all of these kind of social issues are put to really funny effect here. Yeah. And I think it's a very strong point in this movie. I was listening to a podcast about Black Klansmen, and just like I've been like. Uh, prepped for this kind of thing today, so I, I think all the social issues are really hitting hard. And I think this is this is a great. I think this is a great movie. I loved it, and I loved. There's one scene, uh, and I'm not going to spoil it, but we will talk about it in our third segment, where one of the main characters finds out that one of their best friends has completely opposing political views. Yeah, how'd you feel about that scene? Um, I didn't quite buy it, yeah. but I liked what it was trying to do. Right, like the motivations behind it were awesome. Yeah, I think the message that it presented was fantastic, and we as a society need more of that. Sure. So, the fact that I didn't buy it can be overlooked by the fact that I love that they put that message Mm -hmm. into the movie. Yeah. And if you want to hear what that message is, you have to stick around for segment three, where we get into it in the danger zone because it's spoilery. I don't want to ruin it. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you there. Like, I think it was an important message to add. Like, that's a, like, being able to see other people's perspective is kind of a theme throughout this movie. Yeah. And um, you can be friends with people that sure. don't vote the same party you do. Like it doesn't have to be this division. And we live in a very divisive time. Sure. So I think it was a cool message to be like, you know, we can be cool with everybody. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Um let's raise By it. the way, really quick, the movie opened up with a very like screamy sort of like white power speech. Mm. And I was like, for like a good 30 seconds, like, am I in there? Because it was a blacked out screen. I was like, yeah. what movie did I accidentally walk into? Because <laughs> this is supposed to be a fun comedy. Yeah. Uh, not Black Klansman. Right. Um, and there's a funny tattoo story that happens there that we should also talk about. Yeah. Because it's good. It's good times. Uh, but yeah, let's rate the movie. Yeah. What do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? Uh, I'll go first. Hit me. It's a 9.2. 9.2. That's is a high mark. Yeah. I mean, this is up there in the pantheon of romantic comedies with, you know, uh, Pretty Woman. And you know, dirty dancing, mm. and like all time favorite rom coms for me. Sure. It's not a genre that I super endorse, you know, or enjoy even mostly. So, for but this, if they were more like this, wouldn't dude, you? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. this, this, like that's why my write up I felt was so uh, so accurate. good. That's why I thought my writing was so good <laughs> on this. <one>. Honestly, <laughs> let's just fully let's call it what it is yeah. self endorse here. Uh, yes. I really wanted to encapsulate that, that like, dude, this was like a rom-com made for people our age and like people that joke around, like we joke around, like this was, it was good, man. It was, it wasn't pandery. Like rom-coms are usually just so, Silly and mm-hmm. dumb, you know, yeah. like which this just wasn't like yeah. a Cinderella story. It was, right. This broke so many of the the traditional norms for this genre that, like, I have to rank it highly. I couldn't tell if you were referring to like the movie Cinderella or the Hillary Duff movie, a Cinderella story. Because oh. <laughs> I think that's a no. Thing. A Cinderella story yeah. is an expression that comes from sports. Actually, is that real? Perfect. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Is that like the only thing you know about sports? There's like a couple things. There's like three. By the way, there's a point in this movie where Seth Rogen is trying to make a sports analogy. Ah, that and reminded he, me of you And he just so goes, I, I don't know sports. Let me try food. That's uh, like when you score a goal in mm, the other person's basket. So funny. I was, yeah, I love it. It's a very funny movie. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to also bring up, I think that the, the way that you, a rom-com gets you to root for it um, is usually by developing one of its characters and using the second character uh, as sort of like a bolstering uh, personality trait for the main character. And I think mm-hmm. this movie did a good job of showing us both characters and endearing us to both of their struggles and their personalities and their And their, their points of view. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, which is great because like I, I love both of these characters so much and it's not just like a one-sided thing. Totally. Which is a huge strength. So I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah? Yeah. That seems low. No, it's four stars, it's four stars out of five. That seems low. No, that's, that's exactly where it should be for me. This isn't a movie that's going to change my life necessarily. You know what? For me, I think it is. Okay. Because... Takes me a second to think about a movie that we've done on the show that I've enjoyed as much as this movie mm-hmm. in a long time. Okay. That's fair. I mean, don't get me wrong, super enjoyed it. But it's like it's not on the level of movies that I will remember for the rest of my life. Uh what's the last movie you watch that you will remember for the rest of your life? I'd have to look at my list of movies that I've No. Right now. The last one that I watched that I'll remember, or do you just want me to name one? No, the last one that you watched. Mine's Moonlight. Um, probably Beale Street. Dude. If yes. Beale Street could talk was was one that I will definitely remember for a very long time. Yep. Um, before that, maybe Barry, Barry Jenkins is, uh, killing it. Kind of a good right. director, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, blind spotting before that. Totally. That was my favorite movie of 2018. Yeah. Uh, mine too. Dope. Yeah. So those two probably are the the most recent ones. that I've I respect done. that. I want to hear your take on midnight cowboy. I'd like to know if that makes it on that list. Yeah. Okay. Once I, uh, we can make a note of that. And once I watch it all, uh, I'll be sure to jump back and fill us all in. Word up dog. Uh, okay, yeah, break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, our Hot and Bothered for this week. Oh, we'll talk God. about our second beer, and then we'll get back to spoilers for long shots. And one final warning. If you haven't seen it and you want to, uh, go see it. Also, I'm going to get thoughts. drunker and swear a lot. Love it. Danger Zone all day, baby. All day. Well, we'll be right back. Not all day, just for the next 15 minutes. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. So, my friend, I haven't seen you in a week. <laughs> What's new? (laughs) Yeah. Dude, what is new? Or what's got you hot? What's got you? I I actually have like three hots right now. Okay. So should I do like all three of them or save one for next week? I don't even know. How many hots are you prepared for? For my own ears, if if they're not interesting, I don't want to hear them. They're all, well. Okay. The third one's medium interesting. It's really only that. I want to hear the best stuff only. All right. And I have two anyways. So I have like two things that I'm really excited about. Uh, one is important personally; the other is important for this country. Are you prefacing them? Yeah. Okay. I'm pref- prefacing. In, them. in this in this presentation, I will tell you about the two things. About Webster's dictionary defines <laughs> hot ass things. You just tell me the things, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh. Well. Yeah. All right. I went fishing last night. This is my first time out this season on my kayak. We took our kayaks out to Lake Oroville. I did some bass fishing. I drank a couple beers. Uh, I caught like eight bass. It was pretty fun. Had a good time. Watched the sunset. So spring has got me hot because it was like eighty degrees and beautiful out on the lake. It was just an amazing experience. We got to we f- like found a tiny island in the middle of Lake Oroville, and I peed on it. So like I, out of spite? No, like just mainly like, because ah. like I feel like it's my island now. You marked it. Yeah, cool. Like that's mine until someone pees on it, and then it'll be theirs. But for I now, find out gonna sniff it i'll just i think i'll feel it more than mm-hmm. anything like deep inside me i'll be like i used to have an island mm. you mean you don't have to be at the lake no you're just good gonna... i'll be sitting on my couch and i'll be like fuck mm-hmm. she'll, she'll be She'll and be like what be like, my island is not mine anymore right you gotta go take it back yeah i do so every time i'm in like orville i have to pee on that island now but bass fishing was fun man Did you ever you we talked about fishing ever? i'm sure we have I'm but sure we well, have. can talk about it again i don't know do you want to go fishing sometime Mm-mm. do you want to go kayaking Yes, cool. I'll that I would you. do, but I want to go kayaking in like a river with rapids. Oh, that's, I don't want to float don't, in a little plastic boat. I don't, I don't do that. Uh, yeah. I, I float in a plastic boat in yeah. the lake. Which doesn't fun. sound exciting. It sounds the same as like tubing. No, it's fun though because you get to explore. Like we found a waterfall. Well, it's crazy. You like paddle around. And yeah, stuff. That, that's kind of cool. Like I kind of stay stationary, and Shalina like takes off, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Come here, I found this cool thing." Right. And, like I'm just like sitting there like fishing off like finding some rocks and just being a nerd. But it's fun. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go kayaking. Yeah, we should take you out there sometime. Just leave Shalane at home. Be like, Max needs your kayak. Stay. Yeah, done. Uh, the other thing that I thought was pretty cool was I read today in the news that the city of Denver decriminalized magic mushrooms. Oh, is that real? Yeah. Good for them, hopefully. That's a thing that happened Yeah, in the world. Okay. Somewhere in the United States, it's legal to eat mushrooms. Yeah. So our theater here in town, did yeah. you see the movie at this theater? I did. Did you notice the massive renovations happening in the lobby? I did. did you ask about it? I did not. I did. They're serving beer soon, aren't they? In two weeks, a full service bar is going to open up at Cinemark 14 at Tinseltown here in Chico. Ah. Today is May 9th, so feasibly by the third week of this month, um, we should be able to have a beer in Chico. I think there's going to be a steep learning curve for the particularly uh, college-going above 21 crowd here. Um so I might not be super keen on going to the theater for the first few weeks, but I think once that sort of initial hype settles down and people get into the groove of it, I'm going to be very stoked for that. Yes. It'll be very nice. That said, I am worried about it impacting sort of like my tradition and probably others of like going to the tap room or the poorhouse uh, to get a beer before. So I'm going to still try to do that. I'll just hit all three. I'll hit the tap room, <laughs> then the poorhouse, and then the theater bar. Just cover my bases, support local business, and see the movie that way. All right. In cab at home. I'll keep sneaking alcohol in. There you go. I'm also really excited that the remake of the movie Shaft is coming out. Did you see that trailer? Yeah, I did. Okay. So I have actually never seen the original Shaft. Uh-huh. I know enough about it. Yep. Um, it's a 70s black exploitation film. This is the third remake. Oh, is that right? Because, yeah, there's three Shafts in this movie. Okay, right. The very first one was a 1970s exploitation mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. They did a remake with Samuel L. Jackson already. That's awesome. That's a that. movie you could go watch. But then the younger dude in the trailer is going to be sort of like the, the, the modern third Shaft? Shaft. Yeah. So that's, I don't know. It looks great. Like it looks like it has a lot of those like 70s vibes. Yeah. Like they remade that other 70s film, um, Superfly. Yeah. Um, and there's like this entire, there's like this whole debate about. Superfly. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, Superfly was a, was a pimp. And they redid this movie, I think last year. It was another 70s exploitation film. Um, check it out if you are so inclined hmm. on Letterboxd. I don't think I've heard of this. It was pretty good. Um, I, th- I thought you were thinking of Starsky and Hutch for a second. <laughs> and it's, but it's like the the pimp versus like the the cop sort of thing okay. like um and there's been a lot of really great discussions on like um black male role models in movies mm. um and some people feel very strongly about like Superfly, for example because he's a pimp and like maybe not the best role model sure. but, like a really good dude kind of thing yeah that's really a, interesting that's a contradiction these come around again in itself yeah i don't it, mean like a like a pimp i'm not using that term loosely just for anybody listening like he was a legitimate like neighborhood pimp yeah like, and yeah. usually pimps are not yeah. Yeah, no, but dudes. he was though. He like treated he he treated his he treated his, his girls nice. right. Yeah, he treated them good. Yeah, and like was also like a neighborhood provider and like kept kept shit on lock. So he only took thirty percent. If no, I think Brett took more, but you know, only gave him a little bit of crack. Are you talking about the hose or yeah. the? I do not know white eyes. Huh? Like what? the is Like the hose. Do you mean, do you mean the hose? Are that you sounds... speaking of the hose, yeah. good sir? Anyways, anyways, I'm stoked for Shaft. It looks really good. It's coming out. I think July. Something like that. Yeah, can't yeah, remember. It'll be cool. Anyways, man, I'm I'm ready for another beer. If you are, uh, we haven't got to my bothered. You're doing bothered your, as well, or you're hot. No, no you I don't have sure. to do a bo- My bothered. It's kind of a downer. Like the, yeah, the last few times we've done this, it's like both of us are like, well, I don't have anything to be bothered about. No, I I mean I medium do, but it's it's kind of a downer. If you want to bum everybody out, you're welcome to. I'm happy to sit here and listen. It's not a bummer. It's uh, it's a public service announcement of sorts. Mother's Day is coming up this 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 upcoming weekend, and I'm hosting a barbecue with my mother. Uh, and it's Shalina's first without her mom mm-hmm. that we lost mm-hmm. not that long ago. So that's kind of a bummer because it's uh, a tricky emotional um, terrain that I'm having to navigate. But we're doing it in the safe space of our home and having my mother over. So uh, it's uh, it's kind of a b- bothered because, well, it's kind of a bummer. But it's one of those things that we're we're dealing with and it's, it's happening. So be sure and uh, call people that you care about. Because you never know when it's going to be the last important holiday. Yeah. It's also just important to do that. Sure. I like calling people I care about. It's fun. I've had people do that to me recently. Somebody I hadn't talked to in uh, like a year. Be like, just call me to be like, hey, just thinking about you. Yeah. just a great feeling. You know, I care about you. So it's important, especially when it comes to family. Yeah. So do that. Do you have any hot or bothered? Yeah, I hit my hots. Hit, Hit your hots. I already did. What were they? The two things I was just talking about for like ten minutes. Oh shaft? Yeah, and the cinemark bar. Oh. I'm sorry, oh. I didn't I didn't follow the presentation style. What I should have said is Johnny, I will now tell you about my two hots. What I will talk about, one is local and one is national. <laughs> now I begin. I'm sorry, I thought we were on the same page. I just said them. No, you did. You snuck them in yeah, so just, well. You know, we're your just interview is so stu- your interview style is so Thank seamless you. that like you just snuck them in. Yeah. It felt just like a conversation. That's, I didn't yeah, even know you were. You didn't convey that's excitement this whole part at all. Of the of the show is like this is uh, our just, like casual. Con- oh, so I'm trying to be man. casual about it. Um, but no, just for black and white purposes. No, I do not have a bothered. We're good. All right. But now if I didn't before, I need a beer now. You purchased this beer. Yes. And I, I found out that you may have already had this at one point or another in your life. Um, I know you told me you had the Crux Pilsner, but maybe not this porter. Do you have any more thoughts on that now that we've had it for a little bit? I don't remember. I okay. haven't even thought about this beer since last time we talked about it. Okay, great. Well, then I'm going to say that I finally found a beer that you haven't had, which seems like a rarer and rarer occurrence. Yes. They're like, oh, look at this crazy beer. And you're like, oh, yeah, I yeah. No, I drank it like three years ago <laughs> uh, because somebody it's- I know at the brewery just gave it to me. Um, So the beer that I think that you have not had is what we're just going to say you haven't had it is the PCT Porter from Crux fermentation project out of Bend, Oregon. It is a Porter that is 5.5%. I do declare. And they say this on their website, come sundown. Who doesn't love putting their feet up with a beer in hand? We certainly do. Mm. And so do the Pacific crest trail through hikers that take a break from their 2,600 mile trek at our tasting room. We brew this highly drinkable Porter with rich roasted aromas and notes of dark chocolate for just such occasions lasting smoothness and a sweet finish this porter is the ideal end to a long satisfying journey have you ever had the privilege of enjoying a sunset at crux uh no i've only been to crux i think uh twice maybe once twice i think twice but no it's always been kind of middle of the day passing through sort of thing nice yeah someday maybe we take a podcast trip up there or just you make a point to catch a sunset uh these sunsets there are so magnificent they have timed their happy hour around that—that's oh, cool. It's an hour before sunset or half hour, or whatever, and then like an hour after they have mm-hmm. drink specials. Nice, dude. Uh, they're the way their their building is geographically positioned. It is facing the whole width of their building is facing the sunset, and you get the most magnificent sunset over this mountain range, and the sky turns purple. It's insane. Yeah, I've, that's nice. I've been up there a few times, and it's the must visit in Bend for sunset. Like we plan our day around that. Yeah. Like we check the weather app, Like what time is sunset? All right. We have to get to crux an hour before that. Right. And there's outdoor seating. You can hang out outside and watch the sunset and there's campfires. It's, it's a beautiful experience. It's one of my favorite brewery experiences ever. Mm-hmm. It's just so cozy. The food's great. Yeah. The, the food is good. I had, a, I had like a panini there. Yeah. The, the people are nice and the beer is amazing. And just the atmosphere is so outdoorsy and cozy and communal i Mm -hmm. love that place yeah so i love this beer by default because it is from one of my favorite breweries but also i've tasted it so i can say that with a little bit of bias yeah while i am keen on the nostalgia part i do want to know more about uh, what you're tasting that you enjoy. first of all this beer smells amazing it's like um, the perfect like mocha you get just so much roastiness like a really delicious cup of gourmet coffee mixed with a, a subtle undertone of just chocolatey smoothness. It, it really smells great. Like I was tripping on how good it smelled before I even consumed it. Um, when I tasted it, it, it's roasty, it's smooth, it's sweet, it's silky. It's thin, which you would expect from a porter, so it's not a negative. So let's scrap that idea from our minds right now. Porter's is supposed to be thin. Don't hate this beer because it's not a stout. Uh, it's delicious. I really think it's well balanced. I love the roastiness. I love the kind of bitter finish. This beer is really good overall. I'm I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I get a lot of uh, the same things. I don't get quite as much coffee. Um, like I don't smell necessarily like a mocha sort of coffee f- uh, scent or flavor. Really? Yeah, That's it's super it's more of like Definitely roasty. Definitely chocolatey. But I, I wouldn't uh, like attribute the same bitterness that I would with like a coffee taste. What What do you attribute roastiness to? When you say roasty, what does that mean if it's not coffee? Uh, I don't know exactly, but it's like, I think when I, when I think of coffee, I think there's definitely more of like, um, like a bitterness, specifically a bitterness, um, at least when it comes to dark beers that I don't get here. Um, It is really smooth. It's creamy. um, It's relatively carbonated too, um, which is the only thing I wanted to mention that you didn't mention. Um, And I just think a coffee porter or stout is a little bit more biting most of the time for me. And I just don't get that here. Well, it's not a coffee porter. Right. So So I'm just saying I just don't get any of the coffee that you mentioned. Hmm. That's interesting because the roastiness usually reminds me of coffee because Mm. it is roasty, Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting that it can differentiate. You can differentiate from uh, the roastiness of the roasted malt, which is what actually gives the spirits color, is the actual roasted malt. Mm -hmm. They they put it in an oven, I guess. I don't know how you roast malt. Just one, one at a time. (laughs) And you, go the and you go in the oven. Roasted to perfection. You go in the oven, man. Maybe I'm misusing "roasty." Like maybe, maybe "roasty" is a word that is well, inherently no. tied to coffee, and I'm just not using the right word. It can be, but it's maybe not because you were for sure a coffee connoisseur, hmm. the coffee connoisseur of this podcast. Sure, uh, I would say that it can be roasty without being coffee, but for 99.9 percent of mm-hmm. people, it's going to be uh intermingled interesting yeah because like i smell it i don't smell a cup of coffee i don't smell cold coffee I but know. you smell the roastiness like i think that's what i'm trying well, yeah, to say cause yeah because it's the roastiness that you're smelling is malt that has literally been roasted yeah yeah so that doesn't necessarily equate to coffee right yeah so i don't know maybe i'd it'd be it'd be fun to do like a coffee porter and this side by side just to try to pick out those differences Um, Especially one that was like really aggressively coffee forward. Or if we had one like from Crux. I don't know if they do a coffee porter, but if they did, that'd be cool. Yeah. To like put side by side a brewery's Mm -hmm. like any brewery. We could pick one that has a regular porter and a coffee porter. We could try to get that Sierra Nevada, if if they do make the singles of the beer camp coffee stout. Mm. Put that next to their West Coast stout and see if there's a difference there that we could pick up. I might be able to find a couple bottles of that Mm -hmm. stout around. Yeah. I think I know where I can get some. Sure. That'd be fun. All that to say, though, I really do like this. It's good. It's not super aggressive. It's very drinkable. Um, not Nothing too stand out for me. It's not amazing or anything. No. Um, I mean, this is a dark beer when you don't want a barrel aged stout or yeah. like a big heavy beer. It's nice and light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just go ahead and rate it. I'm gonna give it a six. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfectly good. What about you? That's a good score. It's. It's right in the ballpark. You know, this is a beer that you can have probably two of, and it's not going to ruin your night like a big stout would. Mm. I think that's kind of like that niche that a, a porter fulfills. I'm going to give this beer a 6-7. Okay. I think it's right in that ballpark. It doesn't quite hit the 7s for me. It's good. I've had better porters. I like a porter with a bit more body to it. Um, I know I just said that. We should not, you know, but whatever. I've had certain porters come to mind that are just more full bodied. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite all time porters is super flavored, so it's not a fair comparison. Oh, wait, I want to guess. One of your favorite porters is mm-hmm. super flavored. Um, man, I can't remember now. I know Double Stack is not that. That's not no. a porter. Um, oh, uh, well, that's probably not it either. It's not the um, it's not from Heretic, is it? No, the chocolate hazelnut porter. Uh, the chp, is that what I was gonna say? Yeah. Uh, that's the porter from them. That's super flavored. I was I thinking of one that's like Gravedigger or something. It's like uh, oh, that's that like a, no, that yeah, we did that beer on the yeah. show. That's a, a barrel aged stout or a barrel aged porter from them, I believe. Okay, but uh, that's because that was the episode that made me say we should do chocolate hazelnut porter on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. What is what is the porter you're referring to? Uh, Six Rivers macadamia nut porter. Oh, you like that, huh? That is one of like the best porters I've ever had. It, but yeah, that is a bit of a cop out, I suppose. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not a fair comparison, but like. It'd be fun to put this beer up against like Sierra Nevada's Porter. It's easy to say that because it's the hometown and we see their Porter everywhere. But um, as far as just regular porters go, it's, it's fine. It falls right into the middle of the road category. I think with pretty much any standard Porter that a brewery's putting out. Yeah. If you're in the mood for a nice dark beer, that's a little bit heavier than a brown ale, a little bit more robust, but you're not ready for a stout or you don't feel like it. This beer falls right into that. And I think it'd be great. Like if I was going for a hike, and I wanted something because, like Pacific Northwest, you're going for a hike. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a little rainy. Yeah, agreed. So it's a good beer for that. Yeah, that is the PCT Porter from Crux Fermentation Project. I don't think you can get it around these parts. Although I might be wrong. I didn't mention that. Do you know if you can? I know Crux gets some distribution. I know it's rare, but they do distribute down here. Um, keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, I got it in Reno at Craft for the very specific price of three dollars and fifty cents, or as Tree. Johnny says. Fitty. And yeah, if you get it, let us know, because I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Obviously, you can, you know, tweet us, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, how about spoilers for Longshot? Yeah. Want to dive in? Yeah. Stuff you want to talk about? It's like favorite scenes, spoilers, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the whole premise is that um, Seth Rogen and Shirley Starrin kind of fall for each other in yeah. the midst of this presidential run. Uh, and I think that's really the whole. In the midst of, no, she has not announced a presidential run. That's kind of the entire crux thank you. I'll take applause off the air, um, of, of their relationship. They're not allowed to be public because she's going to announce this presidential run. Right. Yeah. Um, so they really sort of what it builds up to. Yeah. They fall in love essentially while they're, she's touring around getting countries to sign up for this initiative. This yeah. This three part sort of thing. Yeah. And, and, and when he first, when she offers him the job to be her speechwriter, he's like, I, I don't know. I gotta think about it. like, I don't want to sign up for like just another politician. Like, I want to work with somebody who's committed to their stuff. And who actually is going to do something that makes a difference, right. which is super cool. Totally. So there's all these scenes of like her having to maybe negotiate and him being like, no, I said this is what I wanted. Throw my laptop in the snow. Yeah. Uh, in his sweet little outfit. His tracksuit is second no, to No, that the, was when he was wearing the Oh, that's true. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. His traditional outfit. Swedish suit. Yeah. Um looking like something out of a cuckoo clock. Yeah, that was very funny. It was so um good. Alexander Skarsgard. I definitely want to touch on that because it's okay. so funny. It's a very final scene where they're having dinner Ugh. and like slurping. Yeah. Blisters. So that, but like he's also kind of like just listing off things like that he's trying, you can tell like he just doesn't know how to have an interesting conversation. Yeah. How she's to like, be a person. Oh yes. The, 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 the stats that I'm showing in my country show that uh I'm very good. And she's like, do you ever get tired? Like talking about the polls, and he's like, "Well, the, well, the polls suggest that I should try to be a little bit more approachable." I've even changed my laugh to be more, and then, like he gives his like, <laughs> yeah, through the teeth, and then like at the very end of that conversation, he lets his real laugh out, and it's like the cringiest. It's so, so funny. shrill, and, like just the way he make makes eye contact with him, like slurps his last oyster. Like, man, had me dying because I've never seen him in really a comedic role. Like he's always like this big, strong, like sexual male presence, and it was yeah. like so funny to see him kind of nerded down and like yeah. Canadian oh, dub. So funny. Yeah. 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 That was great. Loved that. I really love Seth Rogen in this movie because it, he displayed kind of a maturity that we're not used to seeing. Like yeah. he played in a, a grown up. Yes. You know, yeah, he still had hard partying tendencies and he was still kind of a fucking mess. Yeah. But he was like a mess, like I'm a mess. But he was a writer. So yeah, it's okay. Exactly, so like, it's different. Yeah, he tapped into the uh, the Hunter S. Thompson school of being a substance abusing sure. writer, you know, and it kind of justified it. But also, you know, he was more grown up than a lot of the the characters that he's played in the past. Yeah, I think he shed a lot of the the baggage that comes with being Seth Rogen in this movie. Mm-hmm. It was nice. I was expecting he's one of those people, kind of like a Ryan Reynolds. Like, how much Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds going to put into this role? You know? Like, how much of the Seth Rogenism is going to be just vomited all over this movie? So, Finish your thought. I don't want to forget what I was about to say. So I've got it in my brain now. All right. I'm so sorry to cut you off. But it was nice that he did not completely take over this movie with his Seth Rogenism. Mm -hmm. You know? It wasn't Pineapple Express Part 2. It was a more adult, refined educated, opinionated role. that, And like, more well-spoken. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. was an intelligent person, mm-hmm. and it was refreshing to see, and it was nice to see uh, a character portray that balance of, like, you know, I like to drink beer, and I like to party a little bit, but also, like, I am educated, and I have a stance. To, you know, I, I, you know, kind of identified a little bit with his character, in that, like, you know, he's older, wiser, sure. not just a fuckhead. So it was nice. I liked him in this movie a lot more than I thought I would. So I think that's sort of I felt the same way. And then we get that sort of um, acid trip scene, and it was a, it was almost like it sucked me back into like the Seth Rogen that I'm not crazy about. They were like, on Molly, not acid. Is there a difference? Not <laughs> those are the same drug. Big time. Fine. The drug scene in the club where she's like, "Let's just go get fucked up tonight," um, which was cool. Like, and it, there there were some like really cool shots at one point. There's like these close-up shots of their faces, but it's like pulsing closer to them with the beat of the mm-hmm. music, which is really cool. Yeah. Um. But so for me, a lot of that, the high people drug stuff gets gets old quickly. Um. So I think it was put to good use in the terrorist negotiation scene afterwards. Oh, I love that. But. Um, other than that, it was fine. Like, I don't think we needed to spend quite so much time in the club with them. Like, I know what was happening. I get it. Yeah, you know, it was important, if you look at it through the lens of the Secretary of State, needing to be a normal person that sure. experiences stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's where it had its poignancy. I think that we stepped into Seth Rogan's character's normal mm-hmm. Saturday night. And right. for her, it was this grand expedition into the unknown, which I think they portrayed well. And is which what I took away from that. Like, yeah, I get it. It would have been like if it was Seth Rogen and a bunch of his buddies out at a bar, but for her, it was this, this moment of freedom and liberation and being able to just be a person and kind of be in disguise and not be the secretary of state for five fucking minutes. All right. Well played. I agree. That's nice. Actually. Um, I'm trying to think, feel free to just jump in at any point. I'm just trying to think of scenes that I want to talk about. Um, yeah, I think, Oh, there's there's a bunch. I loved every scene that they were together. There was this whole series of um, countries that they went to, and they were just sharing hotel rooms and like being in different places and not even really knowing where they mm-hmm. were, kind of just getting lost in the blur. The of rom-com the, montage. Yeah, but yeah. it was also like it had this serious bent because Charlize Theron's character has to be doing like two million things a yeah. day. Like she... Power naps awake standing oh, that was so funny up. That too. scene was hilarious. You, you knew what was happening right before he like tapped her. No, I didn't. I thought she was just like spacing out or no. didn't hear her. Yeah. It was like she was micro napping. That's so I don't even know if that's a thing. I'm sure it is. I want to micro nap. I don't. That's creepy. I could micro nap through your movie reviews when we record. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen it, she's like standing in an airplane in like her own little private room, leaning up against like the overhead compartment, eyes open, just frozen there. Yeah. He's like, hey, like knocks on the door anything. I've got some thoughts in the review. And like, she's not responding, like taps her on the shoulder. And she goes, yeah, like what are you doing? <laughs> you knock it for you. Like, don't wake me up from a nap like that. Yeah. Like, I'm doing your nap. And you're standing up. And your eyes were open. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So yeah. I loved the, 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 basically the scenes of them kind of bonding and falling for each other, but like not really. Yeah. It was that trope, you know, sure, of yeah. like, I'm falling for you, but I don't realize it. And I'm not going to admit it to myself. And then they, they have this near death experience where like the hotel they're staying at and whatever country, it doesn't matter. There's an uprising yeah. and it, the hotel kind of gets bombed and they end up taking shelter in a basement. And that's when they kind of, you know, yeah, eh. you almost yeah. die or yeah. With somebody you're attracted to. Yeah, exactly. Do you think that whole scene was a dream at first or like a, like a fantasy? No. Cause I did. I felt like, cause he, there was that moment where they were like about to kiss and I thought it was gonna be like cut away. And like when that, I thought it was a meteor. Um, and I thought we were going to go through this whole sequence, like, let me save you, like roll on top of our her. I thought at any moment it was going to cut back to like right before they kiss and then <laughs> it was going to break. But it was like a whole thing. I was like, wow, yeah. this is a weird turn. Yeah. But okay. You know, I liked that. I liked the seriousness of this movie. Like it felt like it was set in the real world. Oh. And I think that's what, like, I mean, given yeah. a very alternate real world okay. where we A real tra- world. A real world. It was set on this planet. It was yeah. more believable than a lot of rom-coms. Okay. So I loved the 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 large black man. I don't I didn't get his name. I think his name was Mike. Oh, I mean the actor's name, but yeah. Oh I, I know. Kind right. of her bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, like the head Secret Service agent mm-hmm. because the Secretary of State actually gets escorted around yeah. by the Secret Service. So they had like this platoon of mm-hmm. of suits yeah. protecting them at all times. He was great. They had there was so many great moments in this movie. There's too many to mention. Yeah. Uh, other highlights would be um shoot. Dude, I was busting up when, um, like, at one point, uh, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron are in a hotel room. They have just finished doing the biz biz, mm. and then he leaves. And then, um, oh man, what I can't think of their characters' names. So the actors that was it was June Diane Raphael and Ravi Patel, who were her, her aides, are like they're also hooking up. Yeah, and like uh, Diane walks out and was like. Oh hey, what's up, Seth Rogen's character, <laughs> and and she's like trying to like make it so they're both trying to portray like they're not just having had sex with you, yeah with the same like they each know yeah who the other person is. they all know what's up and then Ravi Patel comes out like no pants yeah it's like hey you forgot show oh my god hey man it was like, it. this was really awkward but like blatantly uh, explicit sexual conversation about like what was just going on yeah and then she's constantly like turning like I got this stop. Uh-huh. And then, like, just, like, juggling between these two guys, like, trying to <laughs> mansplain over just She's like, look, it's fine. Whatever. I wouldn't shake that so hand. So <laughs> funny. I love that scene. Uh, and Robert great. Mattel's like, that's true. It's been places. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it was a very funny yeah. exchange. There's so many funny scenes. Where we have to talk about the the webcam. Okay. Should we? I mean, I don't. I I was actually going to kind of go that route, too. What I was going to say is, like, there are some cruder moments in here that, like, won't appeal to everybody. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the worst one. So if you want to we can yeah like there's Sort of the whole the conflict here Arises because the uh, Warbly Wombly Wembley Andy Serkis's character is the like we're gonna You can't you got to change your Environmental plan because we don't want this thing We want to build a thing in Alaska and your trees Are gonna protect us you got to take that clause out Your damn trees and then the president will endorse You and then her whole conflict is like well I don't want To change anymore this is what I want and he's like look We found this video of your boyfriend on his computer and we're gonna show it to the world they actually sure do his webcam you better you better you better explain yeah so it's the scene through Seth Rogen's webcam so imagine your laptop is open and it's looking at you and then because you're on it yeah because yeah. it gets recorded so he's watching one of Charlize Theron's speeches also on like a like a like a Bored day on the trip, like he's, yeah, you see before he's like, "Hey, you want to come hang out?" I was like, oh, "I'll find something to do." Yeah, I'm like okay. I'll kill some time for a few <laughs> yeah. hours. It's fine. So he's watching this speech, and you see him become like turned on. He's like, "Oh, because like he's like hearing jokes that, he yeah." Wrote, but he, also, it's her. Yeah, he's like, oh, "I'm getting into this." So he he grabs some <laughs> lotion and some tissues, and this is like a close up and a glass of wine and a glass. Which straight is, pours is a glass of wine. So endearing, it's so good. Yeah. Which is you know, it's tradition. Every time you have to have a little glass of wine. Um. Yes, yeah, at one point, it's this close-up of him from, like, thighs to belly button, just, like, undoing his pants. So you know where this is going. And then we also get to, like, watch as, as Charlie starts getting blackmailed. Yes. So, like, we get to see her yeah, realizing seen, what's happening. And she's just, like, oh, oh damn it. Uh, but also, uh, like, not surprised. Yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's made a joke of so many times. Like, it's endearing, because, like, hey, I was jerking off to you. Like, that's romantic, right? It's kind of romantic it's passable so anyways uh the the punchline of this whole choke and maybe the punchline of the movie it's like oh it's ridiculous is that he ejaculates onto his own face yeah it's pretty funny i didn't take that as being the main punchline like i think th- well one of like the bigger shock value punchlines. sure yeah so. Yeah, but I feel like the the whole movie centered around just like the idea that that was on video, anyways. Yeah, Um, because he gets to see it at one point, and like that embarrassment, like oh, that's out in the world, and that's part of what he has to deal with as far as if he's gonna be openly with her, it's known that if that's the bridge they cross, that this video is gonna get out, right? And like whether you're okay with that. So, oh, so the video comes out, yeah, then. There's a part where he's in a cab trying to go f- get to her, and he's with O'Shea Jackson Jr. and then, like the dude, he's watching the video of Seth Rogen, while Seth Rogen's next to him, um, and he's like watching you see his reaction. And he's like, you know, man, I guess that's so bad. Like we, like we all have our own things. Like, and Seth was like, wait, no, 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 this is not a thing I do every time. Like this is an act. Like not, <laughs> it's not a normal thing for me. Like, which right? I also thought was so funny. Yeah. Like he probably was just like, oh, all right, that you get a glass of wine and then. That's, that's how you finish it off, and right. it's whatever. Like, right. Hey, man, that's not my thing. No, it was an accident. <laughs> Accidents happen. I love that Seth Rogen's like, yelling voice never changes. It also never seems to get loud. Right. It just gets farther in the back of his throat. Just yeah. like, no, mm-hmm, I didn't do that. <laughs> No. It's so good. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it's good times. Funny, funny dude. Yeah, it was a great movie. Uh, Big, big props before I go. All I have to say is Bob Odenkirk was amazing as the president. Yeah, I got a real kick out of him. He played a parody kind of of our current president, some would say, because oh, he was think? a TV star turned oh, I, just, I didn't even think about that. Turned president that's fine. that has no idea what he's doing, but he's popular. That's uh I, wow, look at you go. I didn't even once think that far into it. See, you've taught me to watch movies critically. You've created a monster. I get Yeah, I don't know why. Like I guess I wasn't looking for that connection, but obviously that's It was was kind of on the nose. I think it was so on the nose you might have just like like they walk into the Oval Office at one point and he's reading lines from his old TV show mm. because with no while the TV shows on screen, he's not reading lines like acting along with himself. And it's relevant to say that he played the president in the TV show. Getting real meta. Yeah. Real fast. Yeah. Um, So he was great though He had so many lines And he was a total puppet tool of a president But like his numbers were good So like everyone thought he should be president again Yeah And he like I loved his character It was just so silly Mm -hmm. And I love Bob Odenkirk He's amazing Yes yeah he's. I've never loved him He's always kind of annoyed me Um, I could see that too though But to his point in this movie Like you're not supposed to really love him Like he's supposed to kind of serve as sort of this annoying puppet by the end Yeah. So I think he was effective Yeah Exactly. He was like not the heel, but he was like the, the, the tool that the heel uses and like Andy Circus's portrayal of big business, yeah, McFlurry, right, whatever right. his name is. Oh, I think it was Wembley. I'm pretty sure it was Wembley. Wembley. Wembley.
1: Yeah. But also Wembley's like,
0: a, a tennis stadium. Yeah. Was that his name? I don't know. Wimbledon. No. Wimbledon is no. a tennis stadium. Oh, no, that's Wimbledon. No, it's Wimbledon. No, there's a tennis tournament when- Wimbledon. Is it Wimbledon? Yes. No. Let it be noted. I have known a sports fact that Johnny did not know. I'll double check. Yeah, but it's also fucking about tennis. If golf is a sport, tennis is certainly a sport. They're both on the fence, in my opinion. Uh, Golf's a skill. Yeah, golf is a hobby. Tennis is a sport. Tennis, go- is golf go- is a skill. I will give it to golf. It- yeah, I'll give it being a skill, but it's not a sport, right? Tennis okay. is a sport. It's it's physically it's hard as shit. Yeah, like yeah. it's you have to be in shape to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but golf, anybody can golf. You don't even have to be good at golf to golf. I've golfed. Like at least with sports teams, you have to be at a certain level of being on a team. Like you got to be good enough to be on the team. Golfers like anybody that like hates their marriage goes and golfs. Yeah, and also people that don't and businessmen that just need excuses to go out on lunch. There's a golfer that like smokes and drinks on the course.
1: Yes, massively
0: overweight and has won like three Masters. Yeah, so let's can we all stop calling it a sport, please? I'd love that. Well, but is NASCAR a sport? Um. No, I wouldn't call it a sport. It's a skill, right? No, I mean, yeah, skill like skill and sport aren't the same thing. Exactly. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not even they're not even in the same category. Like it takes skills to be good at a sport. But like I'm not playing a it's, skill. You like, don't I'm, have to be good at that uh, a sport to be good at a skill? Right. I'm just saying like like um what's a good analogy? It's ironic that I'm trying to come up with a sports analogy like Seth Rogen did in this movie. Um you have to have skills to play sports. So sure. while golf is not a sport, it's also not a skill. You have to have skills to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like hand-eye coordination. So like, so like, there's sports and there's hobbies. And you have to have skills to do both. Oh, are you calling golf a hobby? Yeah. Oh, what else? What move. else would it be? I don't know. I don't either. I just know you're pissing off every golfer. I don't care. It's not a sport. I agree. Fight, fight, Max. Yeah. And if you're a golfer, I'll beat your ass. I think Nick lands a <laughs> golfer. <laughs> well, I would never want to fight Nick. If Nick, Nick if you think it's a sport, <laughs> I, it's fine. It is. But I just think. Oh, quick, I think. What is your take on this, Nick Land? Let us know. Is golf a sport, a skill, or a hobby? I think what needs to happen is we need to define what a sport is. I think that's the biggest problem. Like, I think that's another podcast, uh, yeah. my friend. I just that's don't think a long conversation. NASCAR is not a sport either, by my definition. Oh, that's you're pissed and, well. Out. Here's my definition. Here's why nobody should be mad about it. My definition is it needs to be physically exerting, and you could make the argument that NASCAR is Correct. because you're in a car and it's jerking you around a lot and it's violent and it's um, like four hours. Well, that too. I think. Uh there should probably some type be some type of like scoring involves some progressive team against team scoring. Um, NASCAR is a series based on points mm-hmm. in a week to week basis. Mm-hmm. I just it doesn't feel like a sport. <laughs> is that an argument? I know it's not an argument, but that's no, how I that's feel. more of a, a feeling. Yeah. Still, though, I think golf is not. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah. because I could give a shit less about It's NASCAR. not it needs to be it needs to but be racing's physical. Fun, but racing's fun to watch. Yeah, so are movies. I mean, movies f- aren't but, sports. But, we're we're fucking athletes bro well that's true yeah sure obviously we're we're movie athletes (laughs) so we're gonna oh little yachty was in this too i forgot about that yeah for a minute playing himself um what the heck was i looking up i have no idea you were looking at something about golf i got it wimbledon andy circus's character's name was come on my god no we were talking about wimbledon no we started there's a d in it we started with wembley yeah sports fact i didn't know wimbledon yeah wimbledon's right here wimbledon yeah Satisfied? Crazy. But what I was looking up was Andy Serkis' character's name. Wimbledon. And it was Parker Wembley. Wembley. Parker Wembley. Wembley. So. Mwah. Oh, what I wanted to touch on just before we go was we we had been prepping everybody for Detective Pikachu for next week. We're not covering that movie. It'll probably be a flick pick, but that'll be it. Also, um, episodes being released on Tuesdays now. That's what we're doing. Surprise. Get on board. Anything you want to add this episode, my friend? I think we're there. I think you should watch uh, Longshot. It was a good movie. Yes. Yeah. We had some. Go good, watch it. We had some good beers today. We had some good conversation. Uh, we had a rom com, and it was a hell of a time. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, find us on all the social medias. Join us on Patreon if you'd like to support the show, and vote in our movie May movie tiebreaker poll on FreshUpCinema.com right there on our homepage. We're calling it May Madness, are we? Okay, that sounds good. Uh, that's Johnny Summers. That's Max. Man, See you next time. Bye. Love you. I didn't <laughs> know you were going to say my last name. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Bye. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.